0: Welcome to the Be Better Podcast with Lee Barrison, true stories from Bakersfield's business owners and entrepreneurs. And in this inaugural episode, we're going to discover the true story behind Lee's success. He's a local real estate broker in Bakersfield, California that sold over 1,700 houses in almost 18 years. He's a husband, father, and I get to call him my best friend. And uh, who am I? I get the privilege of introducing you to Lee's true story. (laughs) Uh, My name is Reverend Christian Jansen. Uh, I'm the host of The Most High Show and the creative director at Most High Media. This is your show. I'm just starting it off. Yeah. To let people get to know you. Well, it's a privilege to
1: have you give me the intro to our new show. Yeah. Um, You know, I'm pretty excited about uh, this here and I think that uh, you know, I think it might be best for me to start start it off
0: with my own set, story. Set you know? the tone. Set the tone, right, correct, yeah. yeah. Alright, um, so we know where you're at right now. So just tell us where you are right now. You've sold 1,700 houses mm-hmm. in almost 18 years. Uh, tell me a little bit about where your company is and what you're on track to do Sure, right now. Yeah, so i um, <clears throat> been a broker now and running my own uh, real estate office,
1: Infinity Real Estate Services, locally here in Bakersfield for um, about a year and seven months,
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, got into uh, coaching agents, got into to, into the training side of things, and uh, uh, really, uh, uh, you know, it, I really found a lot of interest in that, Christian, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? And so finally, once we started uh, the real estate brokerage, I mean, you know, just training took over in my life, you know, mm-hmm. and, and that's really where it all began. Um, And so, yeah, I mean, you know, I was an independent agent just selling houses, uh, you know, up until about a year and seven months ago, but then we uh, started Infinity Real Estate Services and we
0: are, uh, we're here. Nice. Yeah. Now, you you haven't always been here. Haven't always been here? Nope. No. No, that's right. So, let's let's talk about um, early on in your life, Mm -hmm. um, you know, living in Bakersfield, Yeah, Uh, how long have we known each other for? Uh, Oh, how old are we, right? (laughs) That's how long we've known each other. Yeah, Yeah. I think it's uh, second grade is
1: when we met. Yeah, Yeah.
0: Yeah, that's a while.
1: Yeah, yeah, Yeah. so, uh, you know, it's been a while, you know, and, uh, you know, I guess, uh,
0: you know, you've seen me grow up. Yeah, so there was a time in your life when, Mm -hmm. um, you know, like a lot of us in the 90s, we got involved in, in graffiti, hip hop, hip hop, mm-hmm. um, and the lifestyle that comes around that you know, um, and, which includes and the, and the neighborhood that we grew up in and the neighborhood growing up on the east side of Bakersfield. Yep, um, you know, which includes uh, drug lifestyle, kind of a gang lifestyle, and um, so what I what I want you to do is is tell me a, a, about a specific moment in in your early. Early on in that life, right, Mm -hmm. Um, where you knew, okay, I'm in, I'm in deep at this point. Yeah, man, um, I
1: tell you what, uh, you know, uh, I think it all started around when I was about fourteen. I think you you were doing a different thing at the time. Mm -hmm. Uh, You're DJing. You're Mm -hmm. uh, you you had your little your rap thing going on or whatnot. But I have my tagging thing going on, you know what I mean? And it all started when I was about 14. A good friend of mine, Lorenzo, uh, got me involved in uh, uh, a neighborhood friend, uh, got me involved in graffiti art. And before you know it, um, you know, I'm out there, uh, you know, tagging walls, you know, and and running running the streets basically is the best way to put it, you know. Mm -hmm. And, And like you mentioned, I mean, along with that lifestyle comes a lot of different, drugs and other other small crimes I guess if you if you will you yeah. know yeah. and so um, yeah I mean you know got involved in uh, smoking a lot of weed and mm-hmm. uh, and then um, you know progress to um, you know selling methamphetamines and doing methamphetamines mm-hmm. and and getting heavily involved in and uh, uh, that side of, of and this the is coin. all through high school correct yeah. yeah so you know I think you know um you know from 14 on yeah i was you know addicted and doing whatever i had to do right to get by and then by the time uh, 16 rolls around i basically dropped out of high school you know cuz uh, i was uh i had more important things to do <laughs> <Right>. you
0: know <laughs> right you know what i mean so right. uh, now now that lifestyle yeah. leads to a couple places right mm-hmm. Jails institution, correct, or death. Yeah, uh,
1: got arrested in my in my uh, pre, uh, you know, as a as a uh, as a uh, uh, minor. A jo- minor, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. Got arrested. I, I would say roughly twelve oh, about twelve times for graffiti art. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and those are the times that I I actually didn't get away. You know what I mean. So there was quite a few times when uh, when uh, I. I, I, I was able to get away, I guess, is the best way to put it. So,
0: <laughs> so okay, so, tell me about uh, a moment, an evening, a time during this kind of run where, you know, like, let's get into the granular stuff, let's get to the specifics, okay. like what's, what was a night like? You know, do you have a, a memory of a night where you're like, man, this when, when this night passed, you knew you had crossed the threshold? Hmm. Um
1: yeah, I mean, you know there's was, there was a number of times I think, you know, but I think I think when um, when my mom and dad mm-hmm. knew how deep I was mm-hmm. that's when I started realizing, okay, it's getting it's getting out of control because they can both they both recognize it, okay, you know, But see, the thing is is that when I turned 16, you know, and I'm doing my thing, Mm-hmm. My mom, started doing her thing. mm-hmm You know, um, you know she was a good mom. She she uh, basically did everything she could for me as a child. But um, you know, at some point in time, she found a friend yeah. th- that uh, introduced her to to methamphetamines as well. And so she basically would. Um, I guess disappear is the best way to put it mm-hmm. uh, for weeks or months at a time and I don't know if you remember this but you know I used to have basically have a house to myself right because my dad wouldn't put up with this stuff so he moved back down to LA mm-hmm. and they, they got a divorce and you know he, he had his own thing going on in LA and so Monday through Friday I basically had my own place yeah because mom's gone right you know what I mean He would show up on the weekends, buy some groceries, pay the bills and bounce. Right, you know what I mean, so yeah, I mean uh, I think the the the, the 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 point in my life when I knew I was just entirely in too deep mm-hmm. right was um, um, some f- quote unquote friends of mine mm-hmm. uh, and I were um, just re, you know recopped at, at our at our dealer's house and mm-hmm. we picked up twenty eight grams of methamphetamines, basically the size of a softball. Mm-hmm. And um, we were, uh, one of my friends uh, had to pay a cell phone bill at a local cell phone company here in Bakersfield. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it was busy. There's a lot of people at the, at the cell phone place at the time. And we happened to be standing outside waiting for my friend. And a UPS driver uh, thought we were going to rob him. And so he decided to call the police on us. Mm-hmm. And as we were waiting, we thought, well, let's just go wait in the car because mm-hmm. this, this is taking too long. So we sat in the car and lo and behold, BPD shows up, pulls up behind us, mm-hmm. throws us in separate vehicles. And within a matter of minutes, you know, comes to the to the window and says, do you know anything about this? Mm-hmm. And obviously I, I took the rap on, uh, on having that possession. And I think that was the... The, the point in my uh, you
0: took the wrap because it was under your seat correct
1: yeah right. I was I was sitting in the in the in the uh in the seat that they found it mm-hmm. and so therefore um that was it
0: and then from that point forward now you have a case now you know, I got a case yeah. yeah but this is serious now this is not a this misdemeanor. is demeanor was before they made the, the tagging right about the time they made graffiti a felony correct right yeah so this is right so this you were catching misdemeanors up to that point right so this is like this a, major, is a major felony yeah this is a major crime
1: yeah they're talking about
0: you know 16
1: two to 3 and so you know but you know here's a story I want to tell you this okay. is this is the pivotal time in my life okay? okay is um you know you know my wife Lucy right mm-hmm. she uh, she and I have been together since what I was 13 yeah and I love her I loved her. You know, we were high school sweethearts, the best way to put it, you know. And uh, I remember sitting in Mm pre-trial and I called her. And she basically uh, picked up the phone and she says, uh, hey, my friends and I went out last night and we were talking about you. You know, here I am, Mr. Cool, right, Mm -hmm. sitting in pre-trial waiting to go to, to trial. Yeah, so what were you talking about? She says, well, well, we were talking about you and about how, well, you dropped out of high school, I just graduated. I, I, I own a car, you don't. I have a driver's license, you don't. Mm-hmm. I've got a job, you've never had one. Uh, you're, you've been arrested way too many times. I'm, I'm perfectly clear. Mm-hmm. I'm in college. Mm-hmm. And you're in jail. And you're in jail, and I'm kind of wondering what the hell I'm doing with you, so don't ever, ever call me again I hung up. Boom. Boom. Heart drops to your stomach. Yeah. Yeah. And that was a very, very pivotal point in my life right there. That was actually the the moment in my life, Christian, where I, I finally realized I got to quit screwing around. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Now... You talked a a little bit about your mom's drug use, Mm -hmm. which ultimately um, led to to her death. Correct. Yep. So, just tell me a little bit. Tell me the story. I know. I know that there was. You know, you you did everything you could up to a point. Um, where you felt like, okay, if I continue to help you, I'm gonna enable you. Mm-hmm. So you had to kind of draw a line. Correct. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, so tell me the the story of of this relationship from that point when you when you had to draw that line and say, okay, I'm I can't um, continue to support you, pay your groceries, pay your bills. Yeah. I, yeah. Because it the, the more that I do that, it just creates the environment for you to use. Hmm. Right. So you had to make it. That's a really tough call to make. Yeah. Especially as an only child. Right <clears throat> you know not not uh having any siblings that
1: can maybe pull some weight mm-hmm. for me, you know what I mean right, um but you know, I mean, like I mentioned, she was a great mom,, yeah. you know, she never stole, she never did any violent crimes or anything like that, but she she was just an addict yeah that that's what her problem was, you know, so you know, just uh fast forward a bit, but you know she was she was um you know hooked on meth and then graduated to uh heroin mm-hmm. um and um uh, you know, and then when I got when I came home out of jail I mean basically everything in my room was gone. Oh Everything except maybe a few set of clothes and I'm like mom. What what the hell happened? Right. She goes. Oh, uh, I sold everything Wow, right and 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 also to boot she had to or we were getting evicted Not evicted I'm sorry the house is getting foreclosed on two weeks after I came home and so um to fast forward, though, to your point, right? So, yeah, you know, um, I was an enabler with her, you know, basically um, uh, a lot of lonely nights on the couch because my wife is so pissed off at me because I'm paying her bills and paying her groceries and, you know, paying her cell phone and giving her gas money and so yeah. on and so forth. Or, my, you know, my wife is over it. She's like, let her be your, let her be, yeah. you know? And, um, but I couldn't do that. Cause right. it's my mom, you know what yeah. I mean, and so finally, finally, you know, she she decided that she wanted to quit, mm-hmm. and um, you know, she this is after her getting involved in prostitution. This is after her, you know, being arrested a few times. This is after her overdosing three different times on mm-hmm. heroin. She just went through the ringer, you know what I mean? Yeah. And um, finally she, she came to and just decided, you know what, enough, I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired and I want to quit. And so basically, I literally, um, you know she wound up going to a methadone clinic, and I literally every single day would pick her up in the morning and you know drive her to the methadone clinic,, yeah. to get her, her, uh, her fix, I guess, is the best way to put it right. And um, And then she got off drugs. She, you know, she got off heroin, own, she, and then she also got off methadone. Mm-hmm. But I kept telling her, look, Mom, you, once you get off methadone, you need to, you know, go find a, a small group of church, or you need, to, you need to go, you know, find some good people to surround yourself with, maybe some NA meetings, I don't know, do something. Right. Because once you're off methadone, well, yeah. we're going to have problems, you know, right. and she never did. And then she, uh, you know, like you said, I mean, she, she eventually
0: relapsed and and yeah relapse and die yeah within about uh, about a month after that yeah okay so tell me about you had dreams before (laughs) yeah and and, and just explain tell me that that story about yeah it's weird but um you know i shared that with you where where, you know uh
1: about a month before she passed right Mm -hmm. every single night i i would have the same dream you know and the dream basically went like this where you know, I'd, I'd be at work, um, I would pick up the phone, I would call her, no answer. I would get in the car, I would drive to her house, I would uh, knock on the door, no answer. And she, you know, she lives in a, she lived in an older home where they had those mailbox slips in the door. Right. Yeah. And I remember, you know, flipping that up in the dream, in the dream yeah. and then she's laying right there. Yeah. Right? And for about a good month before her passing, I would have that dream every reassuring. single day. So, the day that I found her, I was at work. Yeah. I called her, no answer. On my way to her house, I'm already thinking about the dream. Yeah. I get to the house, I got keys, no need to, you know, look in the mail slip. I open the door, and sure enough, she's laying right where she was in my dream. Wow. Yeah. And I really do feel like that was kind of like God preparing me to deal with this. To deal with this, you know, saying, hey, this is what's going to happen.
0: Yeah. you know yeah. so Wow and and you know that's a that's tough to go through sure at the time you're uh, already in the real estate business mm-hmm. you have three kids you have a wife um, so now you have to deal with the passing of your mom yeah and try to push forward correct yeah, yeah. so which at the time I I, I literally just gave up uh-huh. For a
1: good six months, I didn't give a shit what was going on in my life anymore. Yeah, I really didn't care. you know, but then one day my wife turned to me again, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and corrected me. she said, "Hey, listen, you're still a husband and you're still a father, so you need to get up off the couch and get back to work, step back into character, you know what I mean? Yeah, and that's exactly what I did. so yeah, yeah,
0: so uh, let's talk about that like you stepping back into into character mm-hmm. so your journey to where you are now professionally. Right? Mm-hmm. Aside from these uh, personal obstacles that you sure. faced, yeah. right? Um, so, so tell me about your journey to become a real estate agent that first year. What was that like? First year was rough, man. I mean, you know, uh, first year in the business, uh, didn't
1: sell any houses for six months. Um, basically, uh, was on the verge of quitting. And then my broker sent me to a, uh, a sell seminar Mm-hmm. And it was like the real estate gods showed up, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, I didn't have any money at the time. I was dead broke, living in the hood uh, in a garage conversion on the corner of South or South South Brown and Lincoln, mm-hmm. uh, right behind Camp. See if anybody knows where that's at. Yeah. And um, and yeah, so I was on the verge of quitting. Went to this real real estate seminar. Didn't have a dime in my name, but I had a credit card that had a thousand dollar limit on it. And the guy. Running the seminar asked me if I if I would like to sign up for coaching. I asked him how much it was He said it's a thousand dollars and I thought to myself. Well, I'm dead broke. I don't have any money mm-hmm. um, Although I really wanted to sign up for coaching because I, I, I felt it would benefit me so then I remember walking up to that desk or the you know the, 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 the Where they're selling coaching mm-hmm. and I remember having that thousand dollar credit and I gave him my credit card They ran it and it went through so, if you thought I was broke before, <laughs> now, you, now, now you're freaking broke. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. so, uh, but yeah, you know, and then the next six months of my first year, I wound up selling 28 homes.
0: Because of having that coaching. I believe it's all about the coaching. 100%. So that $1,000 paid itself back over and over. Over and over and over. And now I've been in coaching for almost 17 years. But now, yeah. before you even got to that six months of, of dead not selling any homes, mm-hmm it wasn't easy for you to even get into the business, right? No, because of my felony. I mean, if that's what you're referring to. Well, that and, yeah. you, you didn't just take the test and breeze through and then keep it moving. No, I, mean, I you, failed the test three times and and uh, finally passed. So what was that like? Like, You you decided I'm doing this, this is my career now, I'm gonna go into real estate. Yeah. You took the test the first time, you get the notification. Bombed, <clears throat> yeah. And you already know that you're gonna have this hurdle to, to jump over with the felony, correct? Yeah. So tell me about that. What's your thinking about? You know, <laughs> <laughs> did you fail the second time? Right. You know what I mean, tell me about that. What's that? What's well, the,
1: well, the first time I took the test, I, I felt I know I already know how to pass this test. I already got this. Right. I walked in there, didn't study, overconfident, and just completely killed on the test. Right. Yeah. Second time around, I actually uh, uh, smartened up and uh, uh, studied. While well, well, studied, <laughs> and uh, still failed. And uh, and the third time, I studied a lot and also went to a crash course, and then finally passed the test. But then the state issued me a letter saying that they're denying me of my license mm-hmm. because of my felony. Yeah. So then I had to hire an attorney. I remember all this. Yeah. You remember all this? Mm-hmm. And then I had to, I had to appeal it. Yeah. And then uh, and then they denied me again. And then I had to hire another attorney uh, to take it to the state or uh, to the, to Sacramento. And then they gave me a restricted license. Hmm. And then that's, you know. So there's a lot of endeavors. I mean, a lot of perseverance, I guess, you, yeah. know, you know,
0: after getting licensed, license. Just to get to six months of nothing. <laughs> right. <laughs> yes. Right. right. And thinking about going back to my day job, yeah. So, um, so coaching really changed your life and that probably, that leads us right to where we're at now and yeah. why you've set up Infinity to be the way it is. Correct, yeah. So tell me about what what coaching means to you and to the other agents in, in this office and the potential agents who will come in in the years to come.
1: Yeah, man, so, you know, like, for instance, you know, um, I think that if anybody, like, if you look at Tom Brady, for instance, right, or if you look at Kobe Bryant, or if you look at Michael Jordan, okay, they're all the greatest at what they do. Yeah. But they still had a coach. Mm-hmm. I mean, why do they need a coach for the greatest full time? Right. Because, they need somebody to d- direct them, right? Mm-hmm. And to teach them and coach them basically. So, you know, um, if I, I kind of feel like, you know, well, I kind of feel that um, we, the reason why we brought Infinity to life here as a local brokerage in Bakersfield is because we're in a broken industry, mm-hmm. right? You know, the, the failure rate is is tremendous in real estate. You know, the average shelf life of a real estate agent is 12 to 18 months. The average real estate agent in the United States right now sells 3.7 homes per year. Yo. Ouch, right? Right. And if the average commission is 5,000 bucks, well that's a whopping, you know, that's a whopping, let's just round it off to four, but that's a whopping $20,000 a year Mm -hmm. before Uncle Sam comes Mm -hmm. and takes his share. Mm -hmm. So I feel that we're in a broken industry and that's exactly why we brought Infinity to life is because I wanted to fix people. You know, this is a place of growth. This is a place of change, and this is a place of breakthroughs where people walk in these doors, Mm -hmm. uh, not thinking, or believing, or having that limiting belief in themselves or their business. And I coach them personally, and then we then
0: we see these magical things happen to them based off of the coaching that we provide our agents. Yeah, and and you getting to this point of you're still you still have a coach. Correct. Yeah, seventeen years. I spent over two hundred ten thousand dollars of my own my own money on coaching.
1: Yeah,
0: right. Mm-hmm. Uh, so some some kind of key milestones in your career um, was in two thousand fourteen you set the goal to close one hundred transactions mm-hmm. and you closed ninety six transactions. Correct. Yeah. Two thousand fourteen. Yeah. But as, but a, key as a single com- agent, though. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But a key component to that success was you had you had hired an assistant.
1: My assistant Meyer, who's been. Still the, the, the one of the best things that ever happened to me in my, in my business is uh, as a, a, an executive assistant, yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. so uh, 100 transactions, and this was all part of the plan once you got things going, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so in 2015, you started your first real estate team. You had five agents. Yep. And in nine months, you closed 141 transactions. Correct, yep. That's a lot of houses, <laughs> that's
1: a lot of people. Yeah, I mean, we have out of five between five of us in nine months because we started. I believe it was in March of 2015.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, we sold 141 houses, you know, and uh, did the, and that well, if it's not till the next year. You brought on five more agents, so and you had 10, ten, and you closed how many transactions? 242. And what was the result that made you the? That made us the number one real estate team in Bakersfield, uh, and it took us
1: less than two years to make that happen. And it also put a set of per-agent production of 24 cells per agent. Wow. Which is unheard of if the average agent in the United States sells 3.7. Right. Does that make sense? And it's all in one
0: market, right? And it's all in one market. Which is not the hugest market either. Just little, little old Bakersfield, yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And so that kind of led you to, you know, we kind of have this very uh, grassroots kind of growth Mm-hmm. Right, it's step by step, grind by grind, year after year, getting to the point where now you have the brokerage, now you're the lead coach. Yep. But you're also s- still selling homes, still
1: selling houses, you know. Uh, uh, but you know, focusing probably 80% of my time
0: on, on, uh, on, my, on my agents. Mm-hmm. Um, now, what's the plan? What's the plan for the future? Like, what's the next couple years look like for Infinity? Good
1: question. Well, I mean, you know, it's, it's not about how many agents I have. Mm-hmm. It's about their production. Okay. You know, and so right now our per agent production is about 16.8 per agent, which is probably the highest in Bakersfield. If mm-hmm. you put me up against any other brokerage in town. Wow. Um, <clears throat> but our goal is to get it up to back up to 24 per agent, per agent. I mean, that we're only eight units away Right. per agent, right? And so, um, you know, um, it's, it's that that's really the goal yeah because if, if we can have a per agent production of 24 sales per individual agent
0: in mm-hmm. the office um,
1: that's pretty attractive
0: right you know now for somebody who's not in the real estate business hmm right to just I don't know that 24 sounds like a lot to them right so tell me a little bit about the work it takes to sell 24 houses okay good
1: yeah man I mean everybody gets in a real estate because it's a sexy business right right everybody gets in the business they think oh these guys are lazy bums all they do is like an open house or two <laughs> right they put a buyer in their car then they go show them a couple houses and they and get paid they a lot a of money yeah, and, then, right. and then they go cash a check right it's not like that that's why the failure rate so high mm-hmm. is because it's not a sexy business it's it's a lot of work it's mm-hmm. a lot of uh, a lot of long nights, a lot of early mornings, a lot of uh, rejection, a lot of failure, mm-hmm. a lot of, um, um, you know, getting the door slammed in your face, a lot of, uh, a lot of, a lot of, a lot of bad stuff. Right. And you really just have to
0: get through it mm-hmm. in order to reap the rewards that can come from real estate. So you kind of take in a, a I guess, a traditional or an old school approach of cold calling yes cold knocking yeah and, and you know like and
1: nowadays Christian you know I don't you know I know that you 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 do talk to real estate agents too but there's so many shiny objects out there yeah you know every, most agents
0: don't do cold calls
1: no because they don't know what to say or they're fearful of rejection rejection so you know they they buy leads on Zillow or or they say you don't have to work that hard, you know, slow down, or whatever the story is, you know. Um, but yet, those are the agents that are 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 gonna fail. I mean, there's 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 a true way to sell real estate, and it's predictable and duplicatable, and that's by the systems and the philosophy that we use at at Infinity. Right. Yeah, it's proven. A lot
0: of rejection, a lot of failure. Right. And It's okay. Which which is why you're doing this podcast because. the the inner workings of what you're doing here at Infinity is very similar to the inner workings in almost any kind of industry or service or right? Yeah. Sales and and really like the the principles behind it, right? Mm -hmm. And so what you want to do moving forward is, you know, just tell me a little bit about what your vision is for this podcast, what you want to do. Who you want to interview, what kind of person you want to interview. Yeah, man. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm really excited about this because, you
1: know, this this podcast is specifically designed for um, you know, business owners or entrepreneurs mm-hmm. locally. Yeah. You know, definitely. I'm not reaching out trying to find the owner of Target to teach us how I did it. Right. You know, I'm not looking for Elon Musk, I'm not looking <laughs> for that type of interview. Right. right. I'm just looking to um, to edify. Local business owners mm-hmm. or entrepreneurs that are really making big moves. Yeah, you know, and um, you know, they all have a story. You know, just like the story that I shared with you. You know, yeah. Nobody that's successful at a very high level has a you know right. a, a trust fund a story. Right, right. You know what I mean. And so I'm I'm hoping that I can. Bring some value to other local business owners here in town. Yeah. Uh, anybody that's looking at becoming a business owner, anybody, inspire. Yeah, right? I want to. Ins- I want to inspire people. I want to encourage people mm-hmm. that, are, that are either wanting to get into the entrepreneurial world, right. or, or or whatever that is. But it's going to be a business, um, um, uh, business owner, entrepreneur type website. I'm not, not website. I'm. I apologize. Uh, first podcast ever, so give me a uh, give me a break. <laughs> but um, yeah, you know, I, I got some. I, we already have some exciting names coming up. Yeah. You know, um, and um, you know, I just want people to stay tuned because I think that uh, you know um, it's going to edify a lot of people that are in in the small
0: business world. You know. Yeah. Awesome, man. Well, thank you for sharing your story and for being so transparent and uh, open and honest about it. mm-hmm And I'm sure that that. You know resonates uh, with a lot of people uh who kind of have made mistakes early on. I have done the same thing, and you know the the reality is is that you know there are second chances, there's third chances there's fourth chances yeah and it's as, as long as you get back up right and persevere yeah and persevere, that's the only way for sure you'll never lose right as huh. long as you don't give up that's yeah. it yeah just gotta as long as you get back
1: up, yeah. You you will, you know eventually win. Correct a mundo, yeah. Yeah. And I guarantee you all the podcasts in the future that we're that we're gonna have on this show. Yeah. That's what you're gonna hear. You're gonna hear that. Yeah. You're not gonna hear somebody saying I started with a million bucks. <laughs> you know. I got a small loan of a million dollars. All right. Yeah. 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 But I appreciate you, man. I mean you, like like everybody knows out there, you're my best friend. Yeah. And it's a real privilege to have you open up this uh first podcast. Yeah, man. And uh And I'm looking forward
0: to it, man. So thank you. All right. So this is the Be Better podcast with Lee Barrison. Yes, it is. And uh, there's going to be a lot more to come. So thank you for listening. And check us out at BeBetterAgents.com. Thanks, guys.